0: Welcome to Arise Life, a community of believers being equipped, empowered, and released into their destiny. For more information, go to ariselife.org or follow us on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram. You know, I've been loving what we've been doing, just walking alongside of Jesus and watching how he interacts with people. He is the same yesterday, today, and forever how he relates to the people in the Gospels is gonna be the way he relates to you. Let me put it in a different way. You know, we call God Father, right? The reason is not because he's exactly like our earthly fathers, hallelujah, and even the good fathers we had, praise God, he's better than them, right? But he is like a father. Over and over again throughout scripture God has to use these analogies well he well or similes it's like this well he wants to gather you like a mother hen under his wings is God a chicken no. Okay some of you seem confused he's not a chicken <laughs> I know Chick-fil-A and all that but he's not a chicken Is God says this because here's the deal you and I have literal structures in our brain. Are The relationships you and I build in this life are literal structures in our brain through which we understand life. And so God, you can't see God, right? First John, he says this way. How can you say you hate your brother who you can see and yet love the God you can't? In other words, he gives us relationships as broken ways to understand the perfect way he relates to us. Does that make sense? Which is why over and over again, his government in the kingdom is family. That's strangely not as encouraging as you would think it is. <laughs> People are like, right? Because, you know one of the things about family? Do you choose your family? <laughs> Some of you are like, no, no, this is not the family I would have chosen. Uh, right? you. The thing about family is anybody have a relationship with a family member? You're like, if we were not related, I would never see you again. Awkward. Okay. The, the thing about it is, is God has a family. And, it, you know, I've got really good news. Every single one of his kids is messed up. That's good news. Except, except, Jesus. except Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. <laughs> Thank you, Jesus. Every, but here's the funny thing is, anybody watch people get ticked off and offended at Jesus? But he was perfect. Anybody, okay. (laughs) Pull your toes back. (laughs) Have you ever walked away from a relationship because it was imperfect? Okay, Blink twice on this one. Don't raise your hand. Anybody here, you got to a smaller and smaller island as you voted more and more imperfect people off your island? And they're like, "You're great, no, you're not. you're great, no, you're not. or anybody done the serial best friend? I love you, go no, I love you, no, no right we We have this tendency to have this belief system that if everything is good then like if it's God, then it's going to be perfect. Am I the only one who's had that delusion <laughs> Which is why I love the Gospels, because these are some really imperfect people. And so one of the stories we're going into today is we're going to go into a story of beautiful, wonderful offense in the presence of Jesus. Do you know one of the things I can 100% guarantee you is if you walk in this life in community. Okay, if you walk in this life with anybody, you will be offended. Now, there's two reasons you can be offended. One, because they're wrong. And one, because they're not wrong. <laughs> so, all right. All right, so this is really one of my favorite stories in the Bible. And, um, and we've talked about this before. W- the, the four Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. By the way, I just heard this comedian uh, yesterday and he, he, had, he wanted to become a Christian, but he said, I'm never going to become a Christian until I read the Bible, because I just want to make an informed decision. And then he really wanted to become a Christian, but he had made this vow that he was only going to read. So he read through the Bible in 36 days, just so he could become a Christian. But the brightening thing is, he didn't know what was going on. He didn't know the story. He was 27 years old. He didn't know the story. So he's reading through Matthew, and oh my gosh, This is God with skin on. Look at Jesus. Oh, my gosh, this is amazing. Oh, he died. Oh, but he's resurrected. Then he goes to Mark and he goes, oh, my gosh, here's Jesus again. (laughs) Oh, no, he dies again and gets resurrected. He goes through this like four times. He's like, wow, he had to die four times? (laughs) There are four Gospels because there are four different perspectives on the same event, and I'm so glad because otherwise Jesus would be two-dimensional. And Jesus is anything but two-dimensional. And we see him from different perspectives. I, I mentioned this last week. Mark is like an action comics. Every, the word he uses over is immediately. And you just see him rushing about doing good. You know. And then Matthew, he's all about dealing with the, the issues that the Jews have with Jesus. And, and over in Luke, it's about healing and confronting injustice. And in John, he's all about, oh, no, this is God with skin on. I saw him up close and personal. This is God with skin on. Anybody you have this idea that if it were God you wouldn't miss it. At least you hope. If God were standing before you you wouldn't miss it. And yet an entire nation missed God with skin on because of offense. So we're going to go into this microcosm because there's one, there are very few events apart from the even Jesus' birth doesn't show up in all the Gospels. But there's an event that shows up in all four Gospels. It's one of the most beautiful. So if you've got Bibles, open up and this week I'm going to get it right to <laughs> John, Luke chapter 7. Verse 36. When one of the Pharisees invited Jesus to have dinner with him. Now, if you guys remember, Pharisees, they get a bad rap, but I hate to tell you, you and I would be Pharisees. They were radical, committed followers of of Yahweh who believed in righteousness and they believed in signs and wonders and miracles. And they pursued them. Awkward, right? Right? They were. They were... They were There were all different flavors of them, but there was, there was actually a huge Pharisee revival in Galilee in the first century. It was a hotbed. To this day, the Jews look back to those, those rabbis as some of the greatest rabbis of all time. This was going on. And so a Pharisee had Jesus over for dinner. And he went, and, and we're going to find out more. I love it because we've got four different accounts. We're going to find out some more things about him. He went to the Pharisee's house and reclined at the table. It wasn't a lazy boy. That's just how they did it. They had low tables, and they all sat on pillows and laid diagonally. You know, like that. And he reclined with him at the table. And a woman in that town who had lived a sinful life... Everybody understand that? A woman who'd lived a sinful life. Listen, if your title is woman who lived a sinful life on your LinkedIn profile... Anybody tracking with me? It, anybody from a small town in your past can never escape you? Like you are X. Like that was when I was 12. Forget about it, right? She's living in a small town and this is the name. We don't know what she did. Most likely involved sexual immorality. That was their favorite way to talk about it. She was, or she might have been a, a, you know, a party girl. Whatever it was, she was not a good Pharisee. So she came there with an alabaster jar of perfume. They had these jars that were made out of rock so that they wouldn't leak. They would grind them and then they would put a stopper and they'd seal them with wax. As she began, as she stood behind him, at his feet weeping, she began to wet his feet with her tears. Then she wiped them with her hair and kiss them, pouring perfume on them. Now try to imagine you're hearing this for the first time if you're not. That's weird. Please, please hear that. We make it beautiful. It's weird. Don't do that to me. Okay? I'm just being real. Don't do that. Freak me out. Creep me out. Right? True? Can we just, can we just be honest? This is not normal behavior. Okay? Don't worry, we'll get back to goodness and the Jesus part in a minute. Some of you are like, this is my favorite, don't touch it. (laughs) Listen, listen, we're gonna go, we're gonna find some seriously good stuff. If you'll just if you'll put her on the altar for just a minute, we're gonna see some amazing stuff, okay? So what's going on here? If I wanna know, again, one of the great things I can do is I can look at the other gospels. So if you want to flip over to John chapter 12. Alright, starting with, what verse do I have? Yeah, so those are the four passages where it occurs. And do I not have the John up there? Oh, there it is. There you go. John chapter 12, and I'm over in Luke again. No, I have issues. Alright, there we go. Now, this, this is a story that in John, Matthew, Mark, and John, the story is, has a lot more detail. And... In Luke's gospel, it occurs earlier on in the gospel. And so some people have thought these are two different stories, but they have so many details in common, that's not likely. But one of the things is, we're actually used to this. Anybody watch shows, and, and you the beginning of the show goes, and you're like, what? I don't understand. And then it goes, 48 hours earlier, right? They tell things out of order. Same thing. Luke tends to have a little bit more loosey-goosey with chronology. He, he tells John the Baptist's story out of order. It's okay. It's not a big deal. Same thing with John. John tells some elements of Jesus' story out of order to make a point. It's not a big deal. But here, he, um, in the other three Gospels, he says, so he says this thing. He says, six days before Passover, Jesus came to Bethany. In the other two Gospels, it says, two days before Passover is when this feast happened so he arrives in bethany this village just outside of jerusalem the the more expensive suburb on the way to jericho he, he arrives in bethany six days earlier he's he stays with mary and martha and for something to do raises lazarus from the dead we talked about that last week right you know just what you do on a given day and uh and says and, and he said to bethany where lazarus lived whom jesus had just raised from the dead and here a dinner was given in Jesus' honor, Martha served. Now, I don't think Martha had a catering business, but again, this is kind of like one of those Victorian period dramas where, where it's like the old bachelor. Oh, i got to throw a party. Well, Martha throws the best parties. Just bring in Martha. Martha will help. So Martha is putting on the party at this guy's house. And while Lazarus was among those reclining at the table with him, then Mary, 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 remember I said last week, we see Mary, Mary doesn't seem to play by the rules, does she? Mary, Mary, ladies don't sit at the feet of the rabbi. Mary, God is for them, not for us. No, uh -uh. she's like, uh uh-uh, I'm getting mine. And that's where this interesting thing of, you know, we don't know what she was delivered from, what Jesus delivered her from. But let me tell you, radical acts come from radical in response to radical love. <clears throat> and Mary took a pint, 16 ounces, of pure nard. Nard is comes from spiked nard. It, it's a, a flower from the Himalayas that's kind of like honeysuckle. It's very sweet. Any of you grow up sucking honeysuckle? Super sweet. They would distill it, and it was one of the most costly but most widely used. It was the base for most perfumes. They actually used it in all the the highest uh, Roman dishes. They actually served it. It uh, it It was helped with anxiety and a sedative and cured insomnia and just smelled really, really nice. And so the reality is she might have had some of it on hand to use, With dinner, making dinner, because I always wondered, like, who wanders around just, you know, with a 16-ounce bottle of, you know, you know, like, of the good stuff, right? But here she is. She's, She's got it. And what does she do in this moment? She's so moved. I don't know what she's moved by. I don't know if she's moved by the fact nobody seems to recognize who Jesus is, right? Nobody realizes who, how incredible he is. She took a pint of pure nard. Anybody know the difference between like a body wash and like the legit perfume? Do you know what I'm talking about? What would happen if you took 16 ounces of your favorite legit French uh, perfume and poured it out on somebody? (laughs) The whole neighborhood would smell for a week, right? You know, I mean, it's just like clouds. Anybody had that friend who discovered, you know, cologne and... They didn't understand limits. Yeah, anyway, in this moment, but you know, the interesting thing is, do you know how they, when David was, was anointed king, more than likely what they used was gallons of oil soaked in precious spices, poured over him top to bottom, so he reeks of the glory of God. And then Mary took a pint of pure nard an expensive perfume and poured it on his feet. And the other gospel says also on his head and wiped his feet with her hair. And the house was filled. <laughs> no joke. <laughs> with the fragrance of the perfume. I, I want to submit to you. I used to be look at this. I used to look at the will of God as this tightrope where you're trying to figure out exactly what he wants you to do. One of the things I've discovered as a father is that's not how the heart of a father works. heart of a father longs for connection, longs to walk in relationship. And the reality is, even as we talked about with Peter, it, it says in one gospel that Jesus planned to walk by the boat on the water, but he stopped. He had one plan, but because of the, the disciples called out, he had another. And then Pete, I don't think he had the plan for Peter to walk on water, but Peter was like, tell me to come if it's you. And he's like, okay, you want to you trust me like that? Let's do this. Because Hebrews says without faith, without trust, it's impossible to please him. Trust is what he, when we trust fully in him, we lay it all down And I don't think Jesus was planning this one either. Because this is another one. I was like, but he welcomes these kind of things. But one of his disciples, Judas Iscariot, who was later to betray him, objected. In the other scriptures, it says all the disciples did. Oh, I, I forgot to mention. In the other two gospels, it tells us something about Simon. Simon was a Pharisee. But he's also was called Simon the leper. Anybody see a problem with this? How did a leper get to throw a party where Jesus is sitting with him? What do you think? Uh, <laughs> he, healed he healed him, right? <laughs> but he's going to be Simon the leper for the rest of his days, where before it was his shame, now it's his glory. God takes the very thing. He's not hiding that he was a leper. I was once one way, and now I'm another, right? Yeah. He. This is... Listen, he doesn't hide where he was broken. He puts it on display to reveal God's glory. Simon was a Pharisee and a leper. He was a good boy. But you know, when people got sick, what did they think? Somebody, you did something wrong. Anybody here, you get sick and you're like, what did I do wrong? Right? What did, no. And he's like, and so he's been an outcast his whole life and he's finally on the ends and he wants to throw a party. And here he is. But when she does this, uh, what do we get? We get Judas, and it also says the disciples. Judas and the disciples were ticked at what happened. Why do you, okay, let me just say this. They are ticked on a number of reasons, but if you were the disciples, why would you be ticked? We're at Simon the Leper's house? Well, I mean the pouring out of the perfume. Sorry. She's out of place. Woman, I got to be front row because I'm a man. Why is she not in the kitchen? Why? Woo! She probably, yeah, she's probably, yeah. Mm. Yeah, exactly. Yes, yes, yes. Do you, yeah, I think they felt, probably felt uncomfortable because she demonstrated a level of trust and honor. That they had never done. They're they're offended. They're offended at what she's doing. But Judas takes it a little bit further. But one of his disciples, Judas Iscariot, who was later to betray him, objected. Why wasn't this perfume sold and the money given to the poor? It was worth a year's wages. This is the good stuff. This is good stuff. $20,000, $30,000 of perfume. You can walk around with that big Chanel number five. You know, like, I mean, this is the good stuff. Why is he ticked off? Well, let's keep reading. He didn't say this because he cared about the poor, but because he was a thief. As a keeper of the money bag, he used to help himself to what was put in it. He had a vested interest, but also. We find after this, he goes and betrays Jesus. You know why? Because he realized Jesus wasn't his get-rich-quick scheme. If Jesus was blowing through this... Jesus, I came to you for the stuff. And Judas says, I'm out of here. Now the disciples are offended, but they hang around. So I'll give them a zero. Do you know sometimes... Being offended but staying around is already victory. Anybody know what I'm talking about? You're just like, I'm not going to move. I paid too high a price for this marriage, for this friendship, for this relationship to allow this thing to offend me, to allow me to push back. I'm staying. And Jesus said, leave her alone. Jesus replied, it was intended that she would save this perfume for the day of my burial. You will always have the poor among you, but you will not always have me. So let's switch back over to Luke real quick. Let's finish this story out. Verse 39 gives us a little more detail. When the Pharisee who had invited him saw this, he said to himself, If this man were a prophet, he would know who is touching him and what kind of woman she is, that she is a sinner. Anybody here like to rank sins and make sure where, whatever your sin is a little higher than their sin or the other way around yeah well you're closer to Jesus I don't know not as bad not as bad yeah no anybody no three of us the rest of us have lying that's further anyway moving on <laughs> If this man were a prophet, he would know who is touching him, and what kind of woman she is, that she is a sinner. Now, remember, Simon was the leper. How did Jesus heal lepers? With a touch. touch. Anybody see a problem? The amazing thing is we so quickly move from desperate need to self-righteousness, don't we? We so quickly move from "I am, I am my disease" to "Yeah, well, Jesus." Well, Jesus obviously recognized my greatness. That's why he healed me. He wanted to reveal me to the world. <laughs> what? No, no. Here you have two people, Mary and Simon, both delivered out of utter. Shame, utter rejection by society. And yet, what do they both, they have two radically different responses. She will not hide her shame. She won't play nice. She lays it all on the altar. But Simon pulls back and protects himself by hiding. What if your biggest shame is the biggest area of, To reveal his goodness and his glory and his love towards you. What if we were a body that did not stumble over the Marys? What if we were not a body that took, praise God I've been delivered from that. Instead, we're radical in pouring out our love on him saying, he's all I have. Some have said that if she was a sinful woman, she may have also been a prostitute. And this is how, this would have been the way that she kept track of her life savings. She threw it all down at the feet of Jesus. He said, if this man were a prophet, he'd know what kind of woman. First of all, she is a woman. Like, if he was a prophet, he'd know she was a woman. Yeah, but what kind of woman? Jesus answered, Simon, I have something to tell you. Tell me, teacher. I'm getting a word from Jesus. This is as good as it gets, right? I mean, this is my day. That's why I threw the party. (laughs) Yes. Two people owed money to a certain money lender. One owed 500 denarii, which is like a year and a half's wages, and the other 50, which is about two months' wages. Neither of them had the money to pay him back, and so he forgave the debts of both. Now, which of them will love him more? Simon replied, I suppose the one who had the bigger debt forgiven. You have judged correctly. Then he turned to the woman and said to Simon, do you see this woman? I came into your house. You did not give any water for my feet, but she wet my feet with her tears and wiped them with her hair. You did not give me a kiss, but this woman from the time I entered has not stopped kissing my feet. You didn't put oil on my head. These are totally normal things to do, especially things of honor. But she has poured perfume on my feet. Therefore, I tell you, her many sins have been forgiven as her great love has shown. But whoever has been forgiven little loves little. Then Jesus said to her, your sins are forgiven. The other guests began to say among themselves, Who is this who even forgives sins? Jesus said to the woman, Your faith has saved you. Sozo, you go in peace. Come back to that in a minute. Now I have a question. Now I I read this as a young man. I was like, oh wow, so I need to sin really good to love Jesus a lot. (laughs) Do we think that's what he's saying? Uh, How much of your sin did Jesus purchase on the cross? How much did he forgive? But here's the deal. We get to only experience those parts that we're vulnerable with and honest with and real with. See, Mary was delivered top to bottom. But Simon was just delivered as far as his social status could hold him. How much am I willing to lay at the feet of Jesus? How much? What other people think of me? Mary said yes. No matter what happens financially, Mary said yes. No matter where my place or whatever is, Mary said yes. Over and over again, Simon said no. Jesus forgave them both equally, but Mary received the forgiveness And essentially, he said, your faith has saved you. That word saved, the way he uses this, you guys remember, he did the same thing with the paralytic. Remember? Guy was paralyzed. That was the obvious thing. He said, your sins are forgiven. And he said, now you've been saved. You've been healed. And the guy was healed. I wonder if she didn't have some conditions in her body that related to her lifestyle. Anybody here, you feel because you did it, you deserve it? Jesus paid for that too. Because she wouldn't hide, because she wouldn't, she wouldn't hide, she wouldn't self-protect. She'd say, all for you, Jesus. Guess what? She found him to be more than enough. Now, the part that stinks is do you know how God works, does this, this work of grace in our midst? It's in our midst. It's in the midst of a relationship that he does this. Anybody here wanted just to walk out your salvation with Jesus all by yourself? No? Anybody? You're like, you know what, Jesus? I don't think we need to bring other people into this. I think we'll just keep this tight. You see me, right? But do you know what I know? This is why John says, confess your sins one to another that you may be healed. Because the reality is, there's power in looking into the eyes of another who says, and Jesus said this, if you forgive someone their sins, they are forgiven, not because you have effected forgiveness, but because they see the eyes of the Father looking back and say, you're forgiven, Jesus paid for that, even that, I'm not offended or freaked out by your sin, by your brokenness, what's been done to you, what you did to yourself, I don't care, his blood is enough. But what happens when it's sin against you? What happens when it has been done to you? When the offense is in a relationship? Right now, there's a movement across the body of Christ to two extremes. We all discovered that life is easier with fewer people on our planet COVID was good for that, right? Oh, all by And so we started, there is a movement on one side to vote all the difficult people off our island. Right? Yeah, let's get rid of Simon the leper. I, 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 you know, I've got, I've got sensitivities. Oh, sinful woman, yeah, let's get rid of her too. Bad optics. Oh, yeah, whatever it is. We start to vote people are for island, and we call it boundaries. But see, you know the difference between boundaries and walls? Mm-hmm. Boundaries have a door. They have a way in. They have a gate. Whereas walls are, <laughs> goodbye. The other extreme has been a move to, I get my, I, I is the mega church or worshiping via podcast. Isn't that so much better? You know the great thing is? I haven't been offended by XYZ pastor before. Anybody know what I'm talking about? You're like, wow, they're amazing. Yeah, because I don't live with them. Ask Masha. She lives with me. I get people online. They're like, write me from Fiji. You're my pastor. I love you guys in Fiji. I'm not your pastor. I haven't offended you yet. Give me time. Give me time. No, the reality is Is that you and I, we're called to walk with people in imperfect relationship. And relationship only happens when you're in relationship. When you actually do life together. And it only starts when you offend each other. Up to that point, it's just, I love you, you love me. It's just a purple dinosaur. It has no bearing in reality. Only when we choose to overlook the offense, only when we choose to be brave enough to say, you hurt me. Not chuck, chuck, you hurt me. <laughs> right? Only when we're able to say, I don't think I don't know if you meant to do this, but you you hurt me, or that hurt me, or I feel like there's a, b- a barrier between us. What can we do? Like, right? only when we begin to fight for relationship is it actually relationship only when we overcome offense because the bad news is is you know who's not here right now there's no jesus physical jesus you and i are it we are the physical jesus to one another i don't know where you find yourself on this spectrum well, oh yeah where is martha where's martha martha, martha. <laughs> Mary has chosen one thing, and it will not be taken from her. The dishes? No. Yeah, Martha's in the kitchen. Yeah, where, Someone's in the kitchen with Martha. Um, yeah, I, I don't. I don't know where would you put Martha on this spectrum. On the left. We'll, we'll put her here. We'll put her. I'll put her right here. I, if I know Martha, Martha's probably as soon as this went down, she just went. <laughs> Who is that lady? Yeah, yeah, I'm good. uh, Have you seen the spices? (laughs) Used them all. (laughs) What? My question is, where are you? Where am I on this spectrum? Are we offended at Jesus because he didn't come through in the way we expected? Are we offended that it didn't turn out right? We're like, that's it. Are we keeping up appearances? Grateful that God saved us, but now we have to keep ourselves okay? Keeping up appearances? Are we the disciples where we're ticked off, but we're not moving? (laughs) Are we saying, I don't know where Martha is. You can find Martha. Um, But are we saying, Lord, you're worth it all? And listen, listen the body of Christ the people of God is the only means he has for us to walk this is why Jesus said this is why i came that you may be one not theoretically but actually one even as i and the father are one and that only happens let me end with this how perfect are you any volunteers honestly is yeah, that 1 to a 100 oh boy <laughs> anybody want to go on there yeah you're a three? Oh, dude, you got me beat, man. I was at about a 2.7 earlier, but, you know, then, you know, I know how it goes. All right, so can we just be honest? None of us is perfect? Amen. But I'm perfect in the parts that count. <laughs> no, anyway, moving on. Um, so, we're imperfect, right? So, we're imperfect people with... And God wants us to be one. And maybe this is a marriage, maybe it's friendship, maybe it's just a relationship. And God says, I want you to be one. That's his goal all the time. One. Anybody see a problem with this picture? What's going to happen if these, now from a distance, you complete me. From a distance, oh, we're a perfect circle. La, la, la. What's going to happen when these things draw together? What do you think is going to happen? (laughs) Somebody got teeth. Somebody about to get toothed. Right? Anybody found that? We are amazing. They're the best ever. They're incredible. Ah! And suddenly they become the Antichrist. (laughs) Nobody? Okay. You meant to do it. I would submit to you 99% of pain, in in relationship is not because of intention. It's usually because somebody's already in pain. And in pain, we become stupid. And we do stupid things. But now that you have hurt me, right, I'll hurt you. Or I'll run away. Those are my options, right? Fight or flight. Why would Jesus want us to be one? Because I would submit, as we draw closer with the Holy Spirit in between us, He begins to erase those broken pieces. He begins to heal the broken places. Because those broken places are actually revealed in relationship. But what happens if we keep running from relationship to a relationship? And blaming everybody else for the pain that's in our lives? You get more broken. You get more broken. You, you, yeah, you, you're, you cause more pain, you experience more pain, and pretty soon you live on an island. You're still looking for my missing piece, right? But the reality is that if we're in relationship, we will hurt, we will offend each other. Listen, like I said, I don't think what Mary did was the perfect will of the Father. I think he loved it, but I don't think he was like, ooh, I think I know what we're planning. If you could put on the schedule for 6.55, Mary comes in, make sure she's got the nard. I don't think that's what happened. But what he saw was the heart of a laid-down lover who said, Ah! Let me tell you, when you love, it gets messy. Anybody found that? It's so much fun to watch young love. You're like, Dang. <laughs> that's, okay, we're doing that, are we? Right? That's the beautiful thing is love says, Okay, it's messy, but I still choose you. It's messy, but I don't hold that against you. I'm going to tell you when you poke me. I'm going to let you know but I'm going to assume you didn't do it. I love what Masha said has said over and over again. Appreciate everything, but expect nothing, right? I'm going to expect. And so what I wanted to say is, if we're to it, many of us want to have this ethereal, theological relationship with Jesus somewhere in the sky. He's going to have it here in our midst, in our relationships with one another it will it's not it's not one or the other Whew. so you can close your eyes father i'm offended <laughs> lord show me where i'm offended show me where i'm hurt show me where i'm choosing to distance myself from others show me where i'm choosing to cover up my shame and lord i don't want to live in this separate, shut down, isolated life anymore. I want real relationships. I want real, I want you to get all the glory for my brokenness healed. I want you to get all the glory for everything you've done in my life. I will not hide it to protect myself from being judged, but I will reveal your glory to the world that all the world might see you and worship you. And I will not hide from people in doing so. I will run to relationship even though I risk rejection. I choose to believe that you will make us one even as you and the Father are one. If we can have the worship team come up. Sometimes with a message like this, you can be overwhelmed by the 3,000 areas that aren't exactly as they should be. Throw those aside for a minute. Don't do any deep diving. You know, Jeremiah says, the heart is deceitfully wicked. Who can know it? Just take a moment. Just say, Jesus, search my heart. And if there be any wicked way in me, if there be any broken way in me that you want to address today, show it to me. Grab onto that one thing and simply ask him, what do you want me to know about that? And what do you want me to do to lean in to that area if we could stand and worship? For more information, go to AriseLife.org or follow us on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram.